Hey everybody, before we begin today's episode of the Tip of the Iceberg podcast, let me tell you about all the platforms you can find the podcast on. Not only can you find us on Anchor, but you can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Breaker, Overcast, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, Spotify, and Stitcher. All the links will be in the description of every episode. So let's get into this episode. Everybody, welcome back to the channel. This is gonna be my recap of SummerSlam. Let's get started. So I didn't think I was gonna be watching SummerSlam because I was out of town last night. I went to North Carolina for an awesome concert, and I got back at about ten o'clock. I didn't watch it last night, um, but I waited and watched it this morning. I just got through watching it. I wanted to talk about some things. I talk about everything in depth, but SummerSlam was an incredible show. Yeah, Goldberg return, the Fiend debut, which was absolutely incredible, and more. So let's talk about. I'm talk about some of the things quickly, more quickly than others. But in the pre-show, you had Buddy Murphy beat Apollo Crews to be disqualification after Rowan attacked him, and this is good continuity. Again, WWE is proving my theory that they can do continuity. <laughs> um. Because after the match, or then the match had Rowan come out and just obliterate Buddy Murphy for putting his name in his mouth and destroyed him. Um, the match overall was pretty good from what I was told. It wasn't like a, a barn burner match, but it is what it is. Um, and the first match, however, I missed it was, I missed the whole pre-show, but it was Drew Gulak versus Andy Lorcan for the Cruiserweight Championship. Uh... Gulak won with the Cyclone Crash. I'm not too into the Cruiserweight title, sadly. I heard it was a pretty good match. It was, it was your typical 205 Live match. Um, CBSSports.com rated this match a D. They rated the Bane Murphy stuff a C. Um, and I agree with their rating so far. I would give the um, Drew Gulak match, if I was solid, probably a C, though. But it's your typical 205 Live match, from what I was told. Um, he had Edge return. Elias came out to sing to the um, Toronto crowd, and he bashed him. Edge returned and speared Elias, and that was it. And that's that's been a, t- a talk in the news today: is Edge returning and spearing somebody because Edge is known to have his basically um very fragile neck due to wrestling. That's why he retired in 2011. So him doing a full-on spear was. Just awesome to see. I didn't see it because the pre-show is not on the recording of SummerSlam, sadly. Um, but as the talk of the town is, is, is Edge able to return potentially? Because they're talking about how Danny Bryan returned and all that. So maybe Edge had similar luck. If Edge comes back, I would lose my mind and be so excited. Um, I'll just be so happy if Edge comes back. But Edge, Spirit Elias, to send the crowd home, make the crowd happy. In the, to end the pre-show. This video here for I'll watch that later. And he's got his long hair back too, which I've noticed in the clip. I haven't, I'm not watching, just looking at it. Last time we saw Edge on TV, he had short hair. So maybe he is coming back? Question mark, is his long hair's back? And he looks to be in good shape. So if Edge comes back, I would love it. I wouldn't be surprised. 
And now we're on the main card, I believe. Yep. First match was, I think this is, this might be the pre-show too, I'm not sure. Probably the pre-show for the Women's Tag Team Championship. You had Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross versus the Iconics. They retained via pinfall C-minus by CBS Sports. I agree with that. Um, probably because that match probably won't too, it won't too much according to the review. Then to open the main show you had um, for the Raw Women's Championship, you had Becky Lynch versus Natalya in a submission match. This match was said to be, I didn't see this match. I just watched what I want to basically. I didn't watch the whole pay-per-view. I watched the end of this match. And the match looked to be very hard-hitting, very personal, very um, methodical by Natalya trying to take out Becky Lynch. With the, I think they tried to use each other's submissions um, periodically in the match. Natalya is the heel. He, she's now heel, if you didn't know it. Um, Becky won by doing the dissolver. Um, that match, I'm hoping the feud goes on a little bit longer, because they probably can pull a little bit more out of this rivalry than just this. Maybe add someone else to the mix, maybe. Um, but Becky Lynch uh, won by sub submission via the dissolver. Like I figured. Then they had, um, whoops. They had Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg. This is the first thing I watched because I really wanted to see this match. Dolph Ziggler was very intense. He was intimidated by Goldberg. And this, this is basically this long segment was just a joy to watch. Goldberg made his entrance. Dolph Ziggler made his and Goldberg. I mean, Goldberg was just so well-received well by the crowd. Um, match started out. Ziggler hit a super kick literally out of nowhere. I didn't see that coming at all. He, he hit one. Goldberg kicked out like a... 0.5. Um, he had another one. Goldberg kicked out one. Spear Jack came out later. Goldberg won. Dolph. The reason they put Dolph in this in this match with Goldberg is because Goldberg's match with was was one of the if not the worst match I've ever seen in history, and they wanted to erase that. And Dolph Ziggler is known for his selling ability. He saw that spear like Goldberg just took out his intestines with him and he speared him. He he did it. I would call the rock level sale when Goldberg debuted when he spared the rock. He kind of flipped and squirmed around. Dolph legit flipped when he spared him and sold it very well. And then as Goldberg was going over the ramp, Dolph was like, hey, Goldberg, face him like a man. Um, so Goldberg walked down to the ring, spared him again. He left the arena, quote-unquote. Dolph was like, hey, Goldberg, I'm the best in this business, this and the other. I'm still talking trash. Goldberg's music hit. He walked down to the ring, picked up Dolph Ziggler, patted him on the back, and like he was leaving. He hit the rope, then one rope, and speared Ziggler out of his boots again. And this did make me forget about Undertaker's match with Goldberg. This segment helped rebrand Goldberg from that horrible match. Goldberg left here looking extremely powerful, very, very good. Dolph Ziggler was such a good... Um, Got to put him in the in the situation. He helped rebound Goldberg's character, re Goldberg's status. Probably Dolph Ziggler, very underrated as far as talent goes. Nowadays, people just don't want to see him no more, which I don't know why. Dolph Ziggler is one of my favorites as far as his promos are amazing. His selling is top notch. We need Dolph Ziggler to stick around and help put over talent, maybe. Go against the Fiend next, because I'll talk about the Fiend in a little bit. But the Fiend is super over.
but Dolph Ziggler got buried here, and CBS Sports gave it a D. Um, because they, they quote ended it saying, and I quote, "It's a shame Ziggler's character needed the job out so badly for it being Goldberg to watch the taste of Undertaker out his mouth." I do disagree with that. Um, they gave it a D. I would, I gave, I would give this segment a. A minus to a B plus because the job of this match, this quote unquote match, was solely to make Goldberg look better because his match with Undertaker was, like I said, one of the worst, not the worst match I've ever seen in my life. And that was the, that was the um, factor of this. And the CBS Sports editor, I don't know if you can find his name real quick or not. I want to give credit to Awesome Uncles um, from Brian Campbell, Jack. Crosby and Adam Silverstein. Um, appreciate them for their quick recaps and grading to help me counteract for this video or talk about stuff more. So I'll link the article in the uh, description below. Um, but they gave this a D. I'll give this, like I said, A minus to a B because they did that to do. Global look great. Phenomenal, actually. They, they were talking about how Ziggler. Shouldn't have been in this role. I disagree. I, I was thinking about it when the match was beginning. Ziggler was probably happy to be able to face Goldberg. Because Goldberg doesn't wrestle much. So being the one of the opponents he can face in this day and age is probably a very good honor for Ziggler. Um, like I said, Ziggler's an amazing seller. So him for this role was a compliment. Because I don't think like Seth Rollins or... Whoever else would sell that well for Goldberg Spears. Ziggler so act like he was torn in half for each one. But him keep asking for more and more and more help build his characters. He did not want to give up. He did not want to give up. But ultimately, he just got flattened. So this helps Dom Ziggler. I don't think he can be. He can be taken credible. I don't think at this point. But I do know what. No matter what match he's in, the match will be great. Will he win? Probably not. So if he does win a high marquee match, it'll come as a surprise. Like, if he beat Goldberg here, I would have been stunned. So that's that's Dolph Ziggler at the moment, is he can wrestle good, sell good. Is he believable? Not yet. So that's in his in his advantage, to his advantage, when he does um, win, it'll be a shocker, and be cool to see. So this, this match slash... Segment was, I thought, was very, very good, very booked. Goldberg looks to be back to where he needs to be. Awesome. Then they had uh, Drake Maverick pump up the new day as Drake. It was, I didn't see that part. It was great. It was funny, uh, from what I've heard. Then they had a U.S. title match champion AJ Styles with the OC, Gallison Anderson, versus Ricochet in his Nightwing attire. People was dogging on this attire. I personally liked it. A lot. I thought the core ricochet. He likes to do cosplay as superheroes and all that stuff. This match was very good. I did watch most of this, and I just skipped to the end just to save time. But ricochet is just phenomenal. <laughs> and to say that AJ Styles is kind of a pun, it's funny. But um, ricochet is doing flips and this and that and the other. AJ was keeping up, being more methodical, taking up the legs. My favorite spot of the match though was when it was towards the beginning of the match. AJ went out the ring. Um. Ricochet walked on top of Anderson, and then Gallows did a hair Quran on AJ Styles. That was crazy. But AJ Styles won with a 
um, styles clash. And then the magic killer was hit by Giles and Anderson to leave him laying. This feud is going on for a little bit longer. I'm super excited. I think that another element will be added to this, maybe. I don't know who. Maybe The Fiend, which would be interesting. I don't know. They do that so fast. But probably not, because The Fiend has some ways to go in a good way. But this feud will carry on for a while. I'm excited about it. Um, I think I got a feeling that the next pay-per-view, Class of Champions, thanks the name of the pay-per-view still, they're going to have a six-man tag match, one takes all match. It's going to be the Usos and Ricochet calling it. Probably not because the Usos have any issues. It's going to be somebody in Ricochet versus the OC. Winner takes all match. I'm calling it now. Prediction. Anyway, the CBS Sports guys gave this a B plus. I would give it an A minus. This was a very entertaining match. I really enjoyed it. I'm excited with this feud going forward. So let's keep going. Then you had I I I didn't watch this match. I didn't care for it. But um, Bailey was in the moon for the SmackDown Women's Championship. Bailey is the champion. Bailey won with the second rope. Bailey belly. Um, they gave it a C minus. I kind of agree because, like I said, Emma Moon was made it look very, very bad during this whole feud. So I agree. Next match I did not watch was Kevin Owens versus Shane McMahon. If Kevin Owens loses, Shane um Kevin Owens is fired. This match I didn't watch either. <laughs> Um, like I said, it's watch bits and pieces to get what I need to get for the review. Um, Kevin Owens won, like I figured, after a low blow in Shane McMahon and hitting a stunner, I believe. Yep. They gave this a C+. Plus. Um, I'm so, I don't know what WWE's doing with his lady with nut shots, but it's how a lot of faces are winning things by, by breaking the rules. I don't know what they're doing here, trying to gray the lines between face and heel, good and bad, but they're doing a lot of little blows to win things. Um, but Kevin Owens keeps his job. Shane McMahon probably is going to be faded out of the TV for a little while, which is great. Um, giving it, they get a C plus, and I agree with that. I'm not liking these faces doing low blows so frequently. I understand but it's like Seth versus Brock. Level stuff. This is Shane McMahon, for goodness sakes. Um, but Kevin wins. Kevin goes on. Probably, uh, no, probably face Shinsuke Nakamura. I'm just guessing. I don't know. So maybe that'd be a cool match. Ali, Shinsuke, and Kevin Owens, maybe. Let's see. Um, next is Sean Flair versus Chris Stratus. Um, this match was about a 16-minute match, I think. A 13-minute match. Um, this match was very good. Trish Stratus was very, very good. Being away from the ring for a while, she has been. She's proven not to be rusty. Um, Charlotte won via the figure eight and sent, um, the crowd happy because Trish fought to the nail for this, um, in this match. Um, Charlotte Foyer said in an interview, I don't know if it's exclusive or not, but she highly respects Trish Stratus going forward. Um, Trish looked phenomenal in this match. It was a good retirement match. This is her last match, as it's rumored it is. So this is a way to leave. And I, and uh, CBS Sports gave it a B. I would give it that. It was a good, very good match overall. Good way to send Trish home happy. 
Next, you got for W Championship, Kevin Owens, excuse me, Kevin Owens, I lost that, Kofi Kingston, champion versus Randy Orton. Um, if I said this match was like was not the best match, like the worst match of the night, maybe, as far as this overall stuff goes, question mark. Um, they graded this a C minus, and it ended up in a double count out. Well, excuse me, yeah, double count out. Um, let me see what it says. Um, towards the end, Kofi was called with a all-care after a top rope splash attempt. I don't know why people want to fly with Randy Orton because he can hit the all-care out of nowhere, but people insist on doing that spot. Um, Orton took, it says Orton took his time laughing on the canvas, and, um, Kofi Kingston rolled out to get the double count out because Randy Orton was teasing his family, his wife and two kids. So Kofi snapped, basically, and beat him up a little bit to follow this feud, which I think is good. What I don't like is how they keep making heels about their families. Because I think this, going forward, is going to water down the feud a little bit. I love how this was Kofi getting retribution against Randy for Randy messing up his push a decade ago. I don't think them bringing his family into this is realistic. Unless they make it look very good, very compelling, maybe. I don't know. But I'm not a fan of this part going forward. Hopefully they just drop this quick and focus on the task at hand, which is Kofi trying to get retribution for his career being stifled. Next is my highlight of the show. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, versus Finn Balor. And Corey Graves made it noted on commentators I liked was that Finn Balor made a bad decision not bringing the demon Finn Balor, but the extraordinary man, which is true. Um, the Fiend came out after Finn. Finn had on all white, and there was a camera shot of him kind of like looking up, the camera man looking up at Finn, and the light looked a halo around Finn's head. He had the angelic look. I liked it a lot. Then Bray uh, Wyatt came out. It was, that entrance was one of the best, if not the best entrance I've seen in years. He had on the Firehouse Fire entrance, <laughs> entrance video, then it kind of faded away. I think this is uh, one thing I like about the Fiend character is it's a lot to dissect, which I love. I'm able to look at bits and pieces and see how they fit in um, the past of Bray Wyatt in the future, potentially. And here it said, where it said, um, friendship that will never ever end. It's talking about the Firefly Funhouse. It's a friendship that will never ever end. That's when the video kind of fizzled away, like putting something like a like film under a hot light. The, it got kind of bubbly and faded away. That's kind of symbolizing to me that the friendship is about to be over when the Fiend gets in the ring. Um, but he came out to the severed head of the old Bray Wyatt as the Lantern. And this blew my mind. I had to watch it two or three times to understand it and grasp it. I watched it last night, but I was so tired. I didn't, I, like, I didn't say nothing. I was like, I know I was wrong. I know I had to be wrong. It was incredible. They had, it was like the Bray Wyatt who teamed with Matt Hardy. Had the brown hair, and his eyes were sewn shut, it looked like. Um, it was like he was bruised up, beaten up, bloody. So it shows, this to me symbolizes and shows that the past persona of Bray Wyatt put up a fight before transforming to the Fiend. So it shows that Bray Wyatt's conscience tried to fight it off but couldn't. So that's powerful in itself. But they had this head as a lantern. No, Ollie Davis, I think it was. All the going. I watched Russell Talks Review and the last few months, both. I like I love watching them. 
um, said they'd be very cool and wicked if they put if he puts the head of the, his opponents on the um, lantern. That I like, but I don't think that'd be realistic. <laughs> um, while realism is kind of out of the window here with the fiend in a good way, I just don't like that. That's just something I don't think would be too good. But here, the Bray Wyatt on the lantern I loved because it was very symbolic to the past Bray Wyatt being dead and gone, literally. So that was cool. And the camera angles on the fiend I loved. It would pan into the mask and then do like a kind of a tilt, a shot to where it's going away from the mask. And just made it look, you didn't know where the mask would pop up next. It was creepy. It was eerie. And the lighting was great. Um, I just love the entrance so much. And the feet, Bray Wyatt looks jacked. He looks very, he's lost a lot of weight. He's got some muscle. His shoulders are beefy. He's just in good, he's a good English shape, which is great to see. Um, and Finn Balor looked like he was like stunned, um, which is cool to see. Good selling by Finn, uh, facial expression wise. The match was quick, which I liked, like I figured. Um, Bray Wyatt destroyed Finn Balor for the beginning of the match, clubbing his back, doing this and the other. He did his vintage in the corner spot, which scared Finn. I liked that. Um, that was cool to see that keep coming back. Um, Bray Wyatt did a vicious neck snap, like you see in the movies. Someone thinks so behind the one of the villains, uh, uh, um, assailants, uh, villains, um, helpers, does a quick little neck snap and kills him. Bray did that and made it executed like in the movies. He legit looked like he broke his neck. Um, and then after that, Bray Wyatt started to fight with himself. It seemed like he was struggling to maintain it as the fiend character and all that. Um, and also in the beginning, to, into the beginning of the match, Bray was in the corner with Finn, and the crowd was cheering Gowie, Wowie, and Bray was looking around. He looked like he enjoyed and was happy, and was kind of trans transformed by it, and that stalled his um beatdown for a second, and then he kept going. So that's kind of storytelling to that. I think Bray's going to be in a face. Because he's so well loved by the crowd, you know, they don't have a choice. But it seems like he's trying to embrace that. But the fiend snaps out over quick and starts like nah, and starts beating him up again. And towards the end of the match, Bray does that thing, does the next snap, and then he goes in the corner and just stares at his hands for a little bit. Those looks conflicted again, snaps out of it and continues going. I like that little storytelling that Bray is trying to fight it out, fight fight out of it, but can't. I know this end up. I hope that they don't make it where he fights out of this because this character can't die. It shouldn't. It shouldn't end up being that Bray turns face and fights out of the fiend. Have the fiend be a face. He can do. He can be either or at this point. I think, and I, I would love it. I just hope that they don't do that. Uh, anybody's afraid that WWE is going to screw this character up. And that shows how much WWE, how much damage they've done in recent years to characters. That people are like, please, please, God, don't let WWE screw this up. They're praying to God for this. Um, so it shows how much they love the Fiend and how they're terrified of Vince or anyone messing it up. But as Bray was, back to the match, as Bray was getting conflicted, Finn hit a sling, uh, sling blade and then some drop kicks. Went with the Korean Gras and got caught into the mandible claw. And Bray um, ended up passing Finn out and just tipping him. So basically, that's going to be a submission and a finisher. 
and or pinky finisher. In 2K21, another thing I have is 2K20. Have it that as a catching finisher, please. That would be fantastic. Um, but what they should do is this should be like a OMG moment. Uh, it'd be a weak one kind in a way, but have it, have them catch them as a finisher. Have them submitted. If you place out a submission, maybe have a major in the game. And if, if it's not major, have them be pinned. That would be something cool for the future game, I think. But Bray looks so strong here. And then after the match, they played his laughing, like his, his laughing loop, I call it. And then his eerie scratch music. I, I wish that was incorporated to the music. That would been great. That's my only critique is that. But lights went out. And they did, they did the, I think, the screeching music again. And Bray was on the instant ramp, I think, looking back at the crowd. Like, remind me if Undertaker did. But they just zoomed in on his face so slowly and methodically. It's in chills in my spine, I admit. The Fiend character is very scary. But this was one of the best, if not the day, best debut in recent history. I'm so excited for all tonight to see what uh, The Fiend does next. And I'm just excited to see where everybody in the pay-per-view goes forward. And that's not, it's, um, it's, except for Kofi and Orton, I'm not too keen on that unless they make it better. But for the most part, I'm excited to see where everybody goes going forward. That's something I've not been able to, be, to say in the last year or so. But that's exciting to see and very cool to see for that. Now the main event is the Universal Championship, Brock Lesnar the champion versus Seth freaking Rollins. Also for the Fiend match for I begin to get a B plus, I give that a, an A plus all around because it was just great to see. Now for the Universal title match, um, Brock actually wrestled here, meaning Brock had to put up a fight, which you don't see that often much. You see him on here lately, but typically you don't see it much to this extent. Even though Seth was beaten very badly the last two weeks, he was there to muscle through it like I figured he would, and give the Beast a proper fight. And what and Sue was a very chaotic and good match. Brock almost won a lot. Seth ended up doing a fog splash through a table. Then one in the ring. Followed by a cub stomp. Kicking out two by Brock. Then Brock, he tried to do a second one. Missed. Got, almost got hit by an F5. He counted the F5 by um, laying on his feet. Super kick to the face. Cub stomp. Seth freaking Rollins is your new Universal Champion again. Which I was very surprised by being that Brock just wanted back. And I'm like, oh, this is interesting. So, Seth is your new champion again. The Toronto crowd was so behind him. I hope that Seth's momentum is back. I hope that he doesn't, I hope he stays off Twitter rants because that's rumored what caused his decline in popularity because people knew about his Twitter, his Twitter stupidity and his old exposure. Hopefully that they they don't expose him too much going forward, even though he's a champion. I think Seth is champion. This go around be good because they learn from their mistakes from the first reign. I think so. I think this can be a good reign. You'll be seeing Seth versus Brock again at Clash of Champions. I just hope that this ain't a back and forth feud where Ooh, Brock wins the next match, next yeah next match, and then vice versa. They can't be doing that with this title. There's no way. So they gave this match. CBS Sports gave this match. A B plus. So um I would give it a B. So 
I agree with that. Overall, I'll give the show a B. The show was fantastic. I loved every bit of it. Some here and there, like I didn't care for the Bailey and the Moon match. I didn't really care for the Kofi and Jordan match, surprisingly. Even though I didn't watch them. I just going forward, those are the two feuds that needs to be improved a little bit. Um, Goldberg's return was phenomenal. The Fiend is absolutely incredible. Seth's champions, I'm interested going forward to see where they go. I'm just excited all around. I have not been excited for WWE this much in a while. So this is awesome to see. So tune in tonight at, I believe, 10.30. I might do earlier. That's 10.30, excuse me. I'm going to probably start the live stream tonight at 11.10 p.m. So 11.15 p.m. EST. So I hope you, hopefully you'll join me for that for my role reaction and review. Thanks for listening, guys. I know watching. I'll talk to you guys later.